Welcome back, everybody, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 45. I am Jim, and I am joined, as always, by Tom. Tom, how you doing? Jim, I'm well, thank you. We are in the month of June. This is the first uh, episode in the month of June. So welcome to June, and welcome to summer. Crazy that we are, you know, just a couple of weeks away from being halfway through 2021. Uh, I don't know. Doesn't seem possible, and yet... Seems like it's been a long time too. I, you know, it's that that weird. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, you know, over the last 14, 15 months, time has just become a thing, like you know, that happens. So, so here we are in June. Uh, for those who are watching on YouTube, all one or two of you uh, who <laughs> watch this on YouTube, uh, Tom, you're sporting a, a, a snazzy Chris Hero shirt there. Um, talk probably a little bit about Chris Hero here in a little bit, maybe. There's uh, a chance. There's a chance that, that the name could come up in a conversation a little bit later on today. Uh, but before we start, uh, or before we get to get there, easy enough for me to say, uh, we should update. Last week's uh, AEW had their pay-per-view with Double or Nothing, which we'll do a little recap here in a minute. Uh, but of course, we always update our head-to-heads first. Um, and Tom, uh, as I watch the show, I just want you to hear um, a reaction. So let me just uh, click this quick. That was my reaction during the show. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of The Office, know where that's from. Anyways. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that's great. Um, it was either going to be that or Joey Styles. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah. So we made picks last week. Uh, Tom, you went 9-1 and one out of 10 matches, only missing the Battle Royal, which we both missed. Uh, we both had the same winner, and we were both wrong, and we'll talk maybe about that in a minute. And you, if you if you go back to the to the Memorex, I I I had the other guy. I he he was in my he was in my wheelhouse, and you he was said in your possibilities. And, and, and I yep, and I did not and I did not change, but I said here's what I could see happening, and sure enough, side uh, spoiler: I do I do I, I am a consultant for AEW. My apologies. I was going to say clearly you've been talking to our friend. Jeff. <laughs> um, been some insider info going on over on the other side of the two spot monkeys here. Uh, I, however, on the other hand, uh, while also missing the battle royal, uh, also missed every other match that we had the difference on and went six and four. Uh, we'll talk about you know the feelings I may have about being wrong on those. Now, now one of them, uh, I think at least one of them, uh, we had talked about you know that we wouldn't be shocked either way, and I and I wasn't. I was disappointed, but not shocked. Uh, one I think was absolutely the wrong call. And uh, I don't remember what the other one was off the top of my head, but we'll talk about it as we get there. So, oh, I, yeah, the stadium stampede, which uh, wasn't totally shocked. We'll get there. though. Tom, you did not get a chance to see AEW Double or Nothing, as far as I know from our previous conversation. Um, and uh, But you do know what happened, obviously, as we've already been talking about it here. Um, so we'll just kind of dive into Double or Nothing and, and kind of lead through it a little bit. Um, I, first of all, I just need to say from from the one who did see it, it was a really strong show, top to bottom, really strong. It started out phenomenally great. Um, the buy-in match between Serena Deeb and Riho, um, since that's on YouTube for free, Tom, if you've got you know if you've got extra time with all the other things going on in your life, uh, it's it's worth your time to to check that match out. Um, 
I actually had, I have the buy-in on this morning. I was starting to navigate through that because I knew I could watch that match and I had heard good things about it. Um, so it, depending on how the rest of the, this day, which it's not going according to plan so far outside of this podcast, uh, we'll see if I can get, we'll see when I get to it. I know that I'll get to it, but it may not be um, as quickly as I might like. I will tell you, uh, for the rest of the buy-in, just fast-forward through most of it. It's all just the promo packages you see a hundred times. Um, the match was good, but I don't think there was anything else of note in the entire buy-in show, um, which is kind of, I mean, that's what the buy-in is. It's supposed to promote the big matches and get you in. Um, but the match was <clears throat> was a banger. It was really, really good. Um, we both kind of thought it would be when we made that pick, so um, no, stun, no stunning moment there. Then they started off... Um, Started off with Hangman and Cage, I believe. Now I don't have the yep, result. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. You're, okay. You're right. I was I couldn't remember if it was Hangman and Cage and then and then the tag or the other way around. Um again, really, really good. And now they they definitely have gone back to, and I figured they were when they said um on Friday night, which of course they had dynamite on Friday last week, so it got set up after you and I had recorded. Um, but Paige, uh I believe it was on last week's show getting cage to say that they would just do the, do it one-on-one. -on -one. He didn't want team Taz down there uh, with him. You know, they were going to go mono we mono. Um, I kind of figured that was going to lead a to the finish and B to dissension in team Taz. Uh, and we got it. I don't know. Have you seen pictures at all of Brian cages uh, entrance gear, Tom? I saw one. Okay. I mean, he kind of had a terminator. It was okay. Um, <laughs> but um Thoughts on on Page beating Cage and kind of where where Cage might be headed? I, I no, I don't. I, I mean, do we? Do, I felt like we thought he was going to be phased out of Team Taz. Um, I I don't know. Do, do, do you feel? I, I I only scanned the report really focused on kind of the results of just wins and losses. Was there some stuff there with dissension after the yeah. fact? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he was going to shove Ricky Starks and Starks. Starks very, um, I like Starks. I just like his delivery. Um, and he looked at Cage and went, my neck, my neck, can't, can't touch me, my neck. Um, and so then Hook tried to grab Cage's arm and Cage shoved him um, and then stormed off to the back. So yeah, it's it's coming. Um, it, it's definitely coming. So, and I think Cage could be a huge, um, you know, kind of kick-ass baby face uh, for them. So, I, you know, depending on how they want to book it, I think this might be just fine for Brian Cage. And Cage isn't terrible on promos. I mean, you're not going to give him a 10-minute, you know, Chris Jericho promo segment, but for what Cage needs to say, he's not bad. He'll, he can he can get his point across. So he doesn't need Taz necessarily for that. I thought it was a good pairing when they first came in a year ago. But um, I'm okay with Cage moving on, on from that. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Team Taz does, though, without Brian Cage. Um, and with Ricky Starks on the shelf for however long, I don't know, maybe maybe he'll be able to come back quicker than we thought. Um, because then you're really just looking at powerhouse Hobbs and then maybe Hook starts getting some matches. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I I like Taz as a mouthpiece. I think he's he's really strong in his promos and that. I mean, he always has been. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, just, we'll just keep running down the matches real quick. Uh, the tag title match was next, which was absolutely, you know, maybe it wasn't on the level of the, uh, 
the Young Bucks and and Omega and Page a couple of year or a year ago, two years ago, whatever that was now. Um, but dang, it was good. Um, and I have to say, like, kudos to Tony Khan and AEW for um, ponying up the money, I guess, for lack of a better word, and and getting the rights to Wild Thing because Wild Thing with a full crowd. Um, and Moxley and Kingston coming through the crowd and Wild Thing playing, it worked as an entrance. It absolutely worked. Everybody was pumped. Uh, the crowd, I should say that, the crowd was hot all night. They were oh, pretty much all night. Um, it was great. It was great to see the live crowd on the Friday show. Like, I was like, whoa, this is a co- like, totally different atmosphere. And, you know, Rightfully so. Like I think everybody had a right to be jazzed, and um, it's weird still seeing that many people. Uh, it uh, is. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, th- that's going to be something that we, I think, continue to have to adjust and get used to uh, in the weeks and months to come. Absolutely. Um, but they definitely added a lot to the show. Um, and you could, I think, I think, you know, I don't know how you measure this, but I think it it showed in the performances in the ring too. I think obviously, as we've talked about before with like WrestleMania and that, I think the performers were absolutely jazzed to have a full crowd, the energy from that, because there's absolutely an energy exchange that happens with that, that they've been missing for the last year. And they've done everything they can to try and get around that. Um, and kudos for everything, AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, everybody has tried in that realm. Um, they were all doing what they had to do in the situation we were in. Um, but there definitely is no uh, substitute for a live crowd and that energy um, that, that works as well. So it'll be fun to see moving forward. Um, I think I, you know, I know they're selling tickets. I don't know if they're doing full house um, seating for like dynamite tonight and, and the upcoming shows, but we'll, we'll see uh, with dynamite little bit later on this evening whenever uh you and i both get to see that uh, in our lives friday night just work Uh, oh yeah no i made that comment uh when we recorded last week about friday night wrestling being hard and then sure enough i made it a priority to watch dynamite heading into the weekend because of the pay-per-view and you know 10 10 to midnight on its own unless like you know i'm going to watch a movie or something like that's just a it's not a good time anyway unless you're out and about doing something you know, being comfortable on your couch watching Dynamite as good as a, of a show as it was, it was a long, it's, it's a long, long night at that point. And I didn't, and I intentionally didn't watch SmackDown before that to not kind of be burned out on wrestling. Ten that 10 p.m. time slot, whoa boy! You're right. Hey, this is two old monkeys now live. Um, <laughs> that's what the show now we called. Uh, but but totally agreed. Um, and I didn't see it until Saturday. Uh, I watched it. So, uh, so the world tag match, yeah, absolute phenomenal. I my okay. So here was this was match one that I missed. Um, I just don't know what the Bucks do now. Like, where do you go with them? I just felt like Box and Kingston gave some fresh matchups, and you could probably very quickly, if you wanted to, move the belts on to fill in the blank here, best friends. The acclaimed, I don't know. Um, FTR, FTR, right? Um, Santana and Ortiz. I mean, there's options. You know, that tag division is stacked. We've talked about that before. Um, I don't know if you saw total aside, but tag team related uh, because it's tag team week in WWE, whatever that means. Um, 
they put a post on Facebook last night uh, and, and had their six tag team champions in WWE. Uh, again, there are six tag team champions in WWE uh, across the brands, but um, counting the women, but they had them all pictured and said, who are the best tag champs, you know, in WWE? And I said, well, it would have to be NXT because you put absolutely no effort into your main roster tag teams. Um, and I've gotten like 50 likes on that. It's kind of insane. Apparently people feel the same way. Um, I mean, the tag division in AEW is just stacked. And and that's with, frankly, I don't think we've talked about before. I don't think they've used Santana and Ortiz to their full potential as a tag team by any means. Um, you know, you've got the, the Jurassic Express. You've got, there's just tag teams. They, upon tag teams, they really haven't done anything with Bear Country yet. You know, all of those kinds of things. So I just thought there was more they could do there by moving the belts. Now I just don't, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Where do they take? I think they just like having the elite, uh, to not have all the gold because they don't have the TNT title or the or the women's, but <clears throat> I don't know. I, that it wasn't the the result that annoyed me the most on the show, but it was one that I went, okay, where do we go from here? Um, and maybe this isn't done yet. Maybe Moxley and Kingston eventually are the ones that beat them for the belts. Yeah, I think the Bucks being heels and having babyface teams chase them is the right move. But I agree with you. Like I, if you would have said, hey, I need you to put a wager in on who dethroned the Bucks or who chases them next. Again, that tag, that division is so stacked, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's which is a nice problem to have because, you know, they can pretty quickly move some other people into those positions if they want to with a couple of wins, you know, have them go get a couple wins on Dark or whatever. Um, because apparently that's how we build people. The Varsity Blondes got to the number one tag team in AEW without me ever seeing them on Dynamite, I think. So, um that's that's another story for another day that we can get into. We've talked about a little bit on here. I, and I feel like they're actually back at the number one spot. I I, I don't remember uh, offhand. I saw the rankings on Wednesday when they came out, which is nice that they're still doing rankings on Wednesday, um, even though they've been doing AEW on you know Dynamite on Friday. And I'm trying to pull them up real quick because I want to I want to reference. Uh, uh, come on. Uh, their website only has them as of May 19th, so they're way behind on the website. All right, tag teams. Yeah, Varsity Blondes are number one now after the weekend. It's it's Blondes, it's Acclaimed, it's uh, Private Party, FTR, and Mox and Kingston, one through five. Wow. Wow. When was the last time Private Party won a match? Well, and he, so uh-huh. here, here's the thing, too. You have three of those five that are that are heel teams. And, right. and And I believe it's already been announced that tonight – Pac and Penta yes. are, are are fighting the Bucks, and I don't think the belts are on the line. But I don't care. That's going to be a great match. So, did, by the way, I'll did Phoenix get hurt? Good question. Yeah. Right? Where is he? Like when he wasn't in the Casino Battle Royale, I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I just I was wondering that too. But and and there again, Lucha Brothers is a tag team. You know that right at the beginning of AEW was was in the mix, but has been used in different ways since then. And, and some, you know, the pandemic and Penta was in Mexico for a little while. And I mean, all of those reasons, but it, it wouldn't take, but about a show or two to make them title contenders real quick too. Um, I think everybody would buy into that. So, well, enough on the tag team. Uh, then we get to the casino battle Royale. Uh, I'm not going to run down everybody who was in it, but uh, came down to, uh, well, let's, let's first talk about the Joker. Um, Leo rush was the Joker. I, 
I thought this was a nice little surprise. AEW did a nice job, I think, this time of not building it up so much. Sometimes they do a little bit too much buildup. And then so whenever Matt Seidel came out last year or whatever, like everybody's like, eh, wah, wah, you know, because um, they're they're expecting CM Punk or Daniel or Brian Danielson or um, Chris Hero or, you know, I mean, we've, we've called for Chris Hero every time they have a mystery person um, on a pay-per-view. But um, I thought they did a nice job of not building that up too much. I really thought until he walked out in a suit to do the commentary, I really thought Paul White was just going to like stand up from the commentary desk. Maybe I've seen Jerry Lawler do that too many times um, and others, frankly, um, in WWE at the Royal Rumble that I just I figured when the Joker came up, Paul White was going to be like, I'll be right back, guys, um, and head to the ring. I'm glad I was wrong on that. I don't need to see that. Um, so thoughts on Leo Rush in AEW, if, if assuming he sticks around? Yeah, so I, I read, I think this might have been just yesterday, that he's actually under contract to New Japan. I have and, and and they and they had to get they AEW had to get permission from New Japan for him to appear, uh, again, which is another funny story in the last week because there was rumor that came out that WWE and New Japan were talking about partnering in some capacity, and then Tony Khan cut a fantastic promo. Uh, I think it was the night of Double or Nothing um, about this whole scenario, which is again. He's he's the forbidden. What is he? The forbidden door or whatever. The forbidden, the forbidden door, yeah. Like all of that stuff is just really like it's it is it's it's, it's a little too insider at times, but it's also tongue in cheek funny. So I think it's a, a an okay balance. Um, people will take or leave Tony Khan. I think in general, based on how he's promoting himself, for lack of a better term. Um, so anyhow, I, Leo Rush is is a good addition. I think that he could be. Um, able to have some really great matches with the talent in AEW. If he's able to stick around, we'll see what happens. I think he's already on a GCW show this weekend. So I don't know if that means he can be in, uh, you know, Jacksonville tonight and we might see him again, or if there's a backstage promo or, or they do anything. Um, I think, I think tonight will let us know um, maybe what, what his future plans in AEW might be. And it sounds like he's going to still work MLW as well. Um, some, so he is their current middleweight champion. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see. I, yeah, I thought it was fine. He really didn't do a whole lot to be perfectly honest. I mean, he came in, he had some flashes. Um, he missed his, uh, you know, where he kind of does the sit down on the second rope stunner thing. Um, he missed that at least once, if not twice, twice. It was, there was just definitely some timing things. Um, Leo Rush is one of those guys. I, I like Leo Rush. But sometimes he almost needs to slow down just a, just a step because I think he gets going so fast because he is insanely fast that he almost gets like a step ahead of himself. Um, and I, I've seen that before with him too. I mean, when his timing's on, his stuff looks great. Um, and it was he was a little off at the beginning. But a battle royal is also tough. You got all sorts of bodies in there. It's not a one-on-one. Um, but he was fine. You know, like I said, he looked fine. He didn't necessarily play he didn't play into the end of it at all you know and was gone pretty quickly honestly uh came down though to the final two of christian cage and jungle boy uh you and i both had cage winning this although um as you said uh you did mention jungle boy as a possibility uh last week uh they went with the right call here that crowd wanted jungle boy to win it the minute he came out they were singing along to his theme song when it came down to Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, they were clearly behind Jungle Boy. Um, I think there was a little blowback 
to AEW when Cage signed. A, they hyped it up so much, and then it was Christian Cage, and I think people were just kind of like, okay. Um, and then they immediately teased Cage and Omega. And I I just think there was a little pushback, <clears throat> excuse me, because I think there's a, a segment of the AEW audience, and maybe it's a fairly large segment, um, that doesn't mind the WWE guys. I think if you're, if you're looking at it, um, the former WWE guys, I should say, if you're looking at it from a business side, you need those names. Those are what it's going to help attract the casual fan who knows who a Chris Jericho is, who knows who a Christian Cage is. Um, if they see John Moxley, they're going to realize, oh, that was Dean Ambrose, um, Paul White, the big show, Mark Henry now even. Um, you need that. But you also got to try to build your own. Um, now, some people can argue, you know, well, they didn't build Kenny Omega, New Japan did. Okay, well, everybody came from somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, Anthony Ogogo is probably their first, like, didn't do anything anywhere else. And then they, you know, have developed him and, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But, uh, but yeah, Jungle Boy was the right call here. And I got to admit, I'm looking forward to Omega and Jungle Boy in what, next week, I think, is, the, is that match? I think so, too. And, yeah, I that's... It's so funny because when I was hearing you talk about the, the blowback and the, you know, the perceived, you know, Omega Christian match, which I'm sure at some point we'll get um, it, yeah. I, as a fan, I am okay with that. I'll, I'll watch that match. I'll be entertained by it, but I, I care a whole lot more uh, for a number of reasons about jungle boy and Omega. And I would argue that um, the conclusion is, is uh, already, uh, you know, known. Like, you know, I think, I think you'd be unless they just go crazy and do a do a one week, uh, you know, flippity flop of the title. Well, but which I don't see AEW doing. But I don't know. Right, in that title, but crazier things have happened. So true, true. But um, but I and I think the crowd is going to be red hot for Jungle Boy though um, when he's facing Omega for that title, and so near falls are going to be awesome. Um, and it's going to make Omega even a bigger heel, frankly, when he beats Jungle Boy, and especially when he probably cheats to beat Jungle Boy, because um, then there's going to be that feeling of, oh, he couldn't beat, you know, he couldn't beat Jungle Boy. You know, he had to cheat to beat Jungle Boy. Good Brothers had to help him, or Don Callis had to help him, or whatever. He had to hit him with the belt. Um, we'll talk about belt shots in a minute here. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to it. I loved it. Um I had forgotten that Jungle Boy actually, uh, he won a battle royal where it was down, like the last two people were the winners, and then they faced one-on-one -on -one the next week or something. Might have been for the, the ring. Was it him and MJF for the, the diamond ring thing? Or That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. So so Jungle Boy, you know, kind of turning into the big show of battle royals in AEW. Um, you know, he's, he's getting good at these things. Uh, but, yeah, he was, he was awesome. Um, and, and I can't, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, then we moved into Cody and a go-go. Come on, man. Um, I... Tell me, so tell me more about this. Cause again, it was all about the American dream, not the American nightmare. And we talked a lot about the build for this and kind of the, you know, USA centric approach and kind of like, you know, drawing the lines of, you know, America, love it or leave it. And I'm paraphrasing that, you know, to an extent. Um, yeah, how did how did that go? And and you know, you and I both have kind of shared our opinions on Cody in the past about you know he, he trends towards that heelish 
uh, persona with how he presents himself, but he's not a heel. He's a baby face. Yeah, and, and he, he did a little bit here too. I, I will say, now granted, that crowd was so ready for pro wrestling on Sunday night that I think you probably could have put, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous match I can out there. And they probably would have cheered for it um, because they were just that ready for live pro wrestling. I mean, and and I get it. Um, but that crowd was chanting USA, USA at the beginning. And I thought, cause our mortal enemies, Great Britain are the bad guys. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, Great Britain is Iraq. And, uh, you know, a go-go is Sergeant Slaughter. I, uh, just made no sense to me. Um, yeah. It, again, it yeah, it was Cody kind of did his Cody cocky, you know, stuff. And, and a go-go was his kind of cocky self, which that makes sense because I think he was supposed to be the heel. Um, again, the build was so weird. Uh, it, it was fine. It, it was much slower than anything that we'd seen up until this point, which was probably good because you need that slowdown at some point on the show. But it also, you can do a slower match where you draw somebody in. And I don't think this match did that. Um, Agogo looked okay. He looked, you know, I mean, Cody led him to a decent match. Um, I don't know how much the rib injury, if it was a true rib injury, Agogo had come out and said he had a rib, rib injury a little bit earlier in the week, uh, maybe even on Friday. And, uh, I don't know whether that was a work or not. It didn't really play into the finish. So I have to think it was real. He didn't have anything taped up, so it must not have been too severe, I'm assuming. Um, but I don't know if that, that affected his work at all. Hard to say. He, he threw a lot of punches. You know, he hit a nice frog splash off top rope. I thought that was good. I actually thought maybe he was going to do like the old Jerry Lawler, like fist drop and was going to do it from the top rope instead of the second rope, which would kind of work with his character. Um, but he, he hit a really nice frog splash, um, which if he had an injured rib, kudos to that man for jumping off the top rope and hitting a frog splash. If you got a rib that's hurt, that could not have felt good. I don't know. It just, uh, for me, it was a little bit of the, um, WWE does this and, and AEW has done this some too. You start to build a new guy and then you kill him off with the guy that didn't need a win. Now we'll see. They may follow this up. Um, QT Marshall looked just ticked off to all get out at the end. So I don't know if there's going to be fallout with the factory or, or how that works out. Um, QT apparently had a wrist injury. He didn't work the battle Royal, um, but he was still there and he's scheduled for a match. I think tonight um, on dynamite. So it must not be that bad of a wrist injury. Um, this just totally fell flat to me. And like I said, and yes, a little bit of it is that I picked Anthony Hagogo, but you went uh, and, and picked Cody, which, you know, Hey, you got it right. Um, I, I just booking wise, I, Cody didn't. Cody's Teflon. Cody doesn't need to win. Cody could have made Ogogo here, unless they've decided that the Ogogo experiment isn't going to work, and they need he needs more seasoning, and so they beat him, and now you know we won't see him now for a little bit or something. I don't know. This this was the this was the result that annoyed me the most on the night. Yeah, I. it's funny how Cody has been not my saving grace, but like when I've picked Cody on pay-per-views, we, we both I you know have had consensus opinion that he doesn't need the win by any means, but he's the one that's getting the win. So, yeah, I'm going to ride that Cody train. There you go. And I picked him to be the face of the revolution, and he didn't win that. So, um, 
I, picking for or against Cody has not worked well for me. It, it seems to go the other direction and he's with a Cody match. So he's, he's your saving grace and he's putting the nail in my coffin. That's what he's doing here in this head to head. TNT title match, Miro and Archer. Not a whole lot to say here either. I, for a hospital, it just kind of was there. Um, I don't know. It never felt like it got going for me. And, and again, Archer is the guy who loses to the new champs. It is what it is. Um, no shock there. Any, anything on TNT title match, Tom? There isn't a whole lot to say, really. Yeah, I think that was. I don't know. I, I didn't look back at our pickums with with our confidence points in our fantasy league, but I have to imagine that for both of us, this was up there. Yeah, I I think it was. I would think so too. Uh, the women's title match: Britt Baker defeats Hikaru Shida to win the title. Both of us had Baker winning. Um, not a shock there. Really good match. Um, Thank you. They got a thank you, Sheeta chant afterwards, too, which I thought was great because um, Sheeta carried that division for a year um, and, and a really hard year with a pandemic. And, you know, that women's division really took some time to come together um, in AEW. And I, and I think it's in decent shape right now um, as a division. I think they got a great champion um, and they had a great champion in Sheeta, but they have a great champion now in Baker, who has come a long way in the ring as well. Baker did. She didn't click for me at the beginning of AEW in the ring. She just, I, she didn't look ready to me. She's ready now. Her character work is obviously phenomenal and off the charts. Um, there's a part of me that almost thinks, well, there's no, no question her character work got better. Look who she's dating. Um, you know, I mean, if she's working on that with Adam Cole, Adam Cole is one of the better promos and one of the better characters, I think, in wrestling. Um, she's learning some stuff and, and and applying it. So kudos. Great job, Britt Baker. Um, absolutely the right call to put the title on Baker. I love that Baker, that Tony Schiavone, after the win, I don't know if you read this, jumped up from the commentary desk and ran over on the entrance ramp and gave Britt Baker a big hug. Um, apparently they really have become friends in, in real life too. We, we, I've read, um, which is kind of fun because they've had these, you know, interactions where she's just been terrible to Tony Schiavone, um, which is great for her character because that's who she is as a character, not, not who Britt Baker is as a person, but who she is as a character. Um, I, this was, this was really good worth seeing. And I'm, I'm very interested now to see the reign of, of, of DM, the DMD era, um, as she calls it. And and there's a new title. Not not not. A, I mean, there's a new belt, uh, a new title belt. Didn't that, look all that different to me, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, it appears to be the same design, just a larger, and, and, that's, little, and that, bigger and some more diamonds. I think. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because I thought when they first, you know, had the title, um, Riho was the first champion. Am I correct? I'm remembering that right. Yeah. That that and she was obviously a very minute wrestler, uh, very small in her stature. That belt matched her well but i think she's on the on the smaller side of of the women that we'll, we'll see in 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 the pro wrestling you know lexicon landscape so having a belt that's i don't know more visible when they have it on their shoulder or have it around their waist makes a lot of sense so she'd have got that on friday in, in kind of her like you know year, year of acknowledgement if you will uh so that was nice and you know she got to hold it for a day and I love the DM. I love the DMD era. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan as well. And uh, and and as I said before, I think Sheeta probably will be the first two time champ. Um, eventually, uh, that not not even that she'll be the one to beat Baker. And I think Baker holds the title for quite a long time. 
Uh, one thing AEW has done a nice job with all in all, um, maybe the TNT belt being the one that has ping ponged the most, but even then it doesn't feel like that ping ponged a whole lot. Um, Brody Lee could have used a longer reign, but other than that, um, and obviously now knowing where things went, you know, I, I understand what, what transpired and why it did. Um, but all that being said, um, they've done a nice job of not ping ponging their titles. So I expect Baker to have a good, a good long reign here. You know, I don't see her losing it probably this calendar year, to be perfectly honest, um, barring injury or, or other things like that. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe Lon will come and take it from her, but we'll see, uh, more on that to come. Um, uh, running down the rest of the show, Sting and Darby Allen over Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky for 62 years old. Man, I got to give it to Sting. He looked good and not even good. Like for a 62 year old guy, he looked pretty good. Like he did good. He was good. Um, I, I don't know what fountain of youth that man found and is drinking from, but, uh, send some up to Nebraska, my friend, because, Holy smokes. I mean, the guy really, look, do I want to see Sting in the ring every week? Do I think he's got that stamina? Probably not. Again, he's 62. Um, Did he look like the, uh, you know, which one of these just doesn't belong in a match with three young stud wrestlers? Not at all. He was just fine. He did really well. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see where the, uh, where the team of Paige and Sky go from here. And if this is, done now or uh or what happens but uh, sting and darby looking good i mean so in, in sting's first six months i i argue that he's made a really positive impact I mean, which is what they wanted you don't sign someone and pay them the money that i'm sure they're paying him to not get what they're getting but juxtapose that to i think christian's been in now three months three more months will be roughly all out you know, will we have the same opinion about Christian Cage's time in AEW come all out that I think we do collectively about Sting? And 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 in that same breath, if you would have said to yourself, theoretically, these are the two guys headed here, I could see you would probably flip the roles because you would think that Christian would be more active in the ring and, and in a more higher higher profile role, but Again, like we talked about earlier, it seems like that's escalating down. And again, not a problem with a roster is this of this size, shuffling guys up and down and in and out. They have that ability. Right. And they probably need to do that. Um, honestly, their roster is probably a little too big. And uh, we talk about, we're going to talk about WWE releases here in a little bit, but um you know, I think they need to be careful on who they bring in, not just because, oh, they're bringing in too many ex-WWE guys, eh, uh, whatever. If they're guys who can work and who can fit in your your culture and your product, I don't have, I don't care where they used to work. Um, but you've got a roster that's so big that, like we said, you end up with number one ta- tag, the number one ranked tag team in your contenders who barely ever works dynamite. And when they do, they usually lose. Um, it, it, that they got to fix that part yet. Um, so I think they do have to be even more intentional about how they shuffle guys in and out um, and how they feature certain guys, but that's a different problem for another day. Um, 
keep Sting around because um, he has he has shown that he is still a valuable commodity in the pro wrestling world um, at 62 years of age, which is is pretty darn cool. Um, and yeah, they they've gotten exactly I think what you would want out of him in that he's helped certainly helped Darby, who was Darby was already over. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't like he needed Sting, but I think he has definitely helped elevate Darby even more. Um, to the point that if I'm being honest, Darby would be my number two pick if you asked me to rank who do I think eventually beats Kenny Omega for the impact or the impact. Oops. Um, maybe that one too. But the AEW title, I mean, he does have it. Um, but for the AEW title, he, Darby would probably be number two on my list behind Adam Page because I still think Adam Page is where you're headed. Uh, and, I, and I think that would work. Um, I think Adam Page fits, but. Darby is over like Rover at this point. Um, and I don't think this loss hurt Ethan Page uh, and Scorpio Sky either. You know, it wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't a burial. It wasn't anything. I, I think they'll be, they'll be just fine. The only thing that took me out of this match a little bit, and this is details, um, is at one point Sting had Ethan Page in the Scorpion and Scorpio Sky had Darby Allen in the heel hook. And they were face to face and Darby and Ethan Page are just slapping the taste out of each other's mouths. Um, the reason it took me out of it was I was like, okay, so the leg locks you're in that should be like ripping your tendons and, and everything that doesn't hurt bad enough. You could still sit there and have all this, you know, energy to smack each other instead of trying to figure out how to get your legs on, you know, unwound from getting ripped off. Um, but you know, it was a little bit indie horrific, I guess at that moment for me, but three out of those four guys have worked a lot of indies. So um, doesn't shock me. Uh, the world title match, Kenny Omega wins, uh, retains in a three-way over Pac and Orange Cassidy. Tom, for a match that I don't think the result was ever really in doubt, you know, again, we knew Omega was probably winning again unless they were going to do a one-week kind of thing. They made you believe, um, especially with Orange Cassidy, that he might just pull this off um, and, and win it. So kudos to that. I think anytime you're in a match where, you kind of know what the outcome is going to be, but yet you still kind of are shocked by, by near falls. You're doing good. Um, I thought this was really, really good. The thing that I didn't love at the end of the match, um, he hit Pac with like five belt shots. No, four belt shots. Every one of his belts. That's what it was. Every one of his title belts, he hit Pac. And then he, um, Callis, throw him the next belt. He hit Pac again. Throw him the next belt. He hit Pac. How is Pac still standing up after like the second or third belt shot? Like, come on. Um, and, uh, you know, it gets past, again, it get, takes me out of it where it gets past like Pac is so tough that he keeps getting up. No, he's getting smacked with a belt that many times. He should be laying on the floor, not moving. Like, come on. And think of the guys that in the past, not that I'm advocating for blood, but who've been hit with a belt and have been busted open. Right. And been out. Uh, so either Omega is really weak in his belt shots or, or Pac is just the toughest SOB that's ever walked the planet. Um, that was a little, eh. And I gotta admit, I hate, 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 hate the triple threat matches and fatal four ways and the other things like that are inherently no DQ. Why? Why? So now Kenny Omega just double ax handles Bryce Ramsberg at one point, um, because he's mad about a two count or whatever. No, <laughs> and the good brothers can just run out and get involved. And that's, you know, all the ref can do is go, hey, hey, don't do it. Hey, please don't do that. Hey, please stop. 
why why are why do triple threats have to be no DQ? I understand that you have to modify the rules a little bit because there are there's more than one two people in the ring. Excuse me, so you don't have a five count, you don't have that kind of thing. You, double teams are fine, all of that. Modify the the no DQ thing. I, I don't know, it just annoys me because yeah. you also take away then again no DQ to me should be built to like Kenny Omega keeps getting himself disqualified in title matches to hang on to his title, so now we're going to make it no DQ, you know, or or if you get DQ'd you lose the title or whatever. It's a it's a storyline point that you can use, but where you just go well trip it's a triple threat match, so now it's no DQ. No count out would make a lot more sense versus no DQ, and I agree with your assessment that it should actually have some bearing, right? Like, so, like, you're no count out because, you know, one of the competitors, because they're all three active, could be on the floor. And, like, you know, the referee can't, you know, turn away from the action between two while someone's on the floor, you know, administering a count. But, yes, like, you know, it's not just a free-for-all. It's not an anything, you know, or, or, or call it anything goes versus no DQ. I, I, I hear that. Who took the pinfall and, here? Was it Pac or Cassidy? Pac, I think. Okay. That, I mean, that, I think that's that, a report. Now I'm drawing a blank on that. That's okay. I, I, that, to me, that if that is the way it went, that makes more sense. Uh, you know, Orange Cassidy also, I think, is a little bit Teflon, like Cody, uh, different, but the same. Uh, at the same time, I think that, you know, you don't want him getting pinned here because I think there's still an Omega Cassidy singles that is a draw. However, we're defining what a draw is now in today's pro wrestling landscape. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I'm looking at a report here really quick. Uh, No, I take that back. Uh, and now I now I do remember this. Now I see this. Orange Cassidy um, hit hit the orange punch, and Aubrey Edwards ran down to the ring um, to count the pin. And Omega quickly. Um, oh, there there's something. Yeah, I wanted to bring up. Omega quickly uh, reversed it into a crucifix um, on Cassidy. So he did pin Orange Cassidy. Um, and the AEW cameraman basically missed him swap sliding into the crucifix. Um, you got to know your finishes, guys. You got to shoot them. Like, I don't, I don't know where the the uh, breakdown was on that, and I mean, it happens. But uh, AEW's kind of had a history of missing big moves and finishes along the way, um, and they they did it again. So, um, yeah, fix that, guys. Fix it. Um, and and I should say too, the the thing about triple threats and no DQs, that's not an AEW criticism. That's a pro wrestling criticism because WWE does that as well. Um, so that's. Well, it annoyed me here. It wasn't because it's AEW, although AEW has every right to go, you know, we're not going to do that um, just because WWE does it. I mean, certainly they've shown that just because WWE does something doesn't mean they're, they have to. Um, so don't knock it off. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, so we'll see where Omega goes from here. Obviously he gets Jungle Boy uh, next week in a, in a big match. And then um, we'll see where he heads for all out come September. Uh, maybe that's where Adam Page eventually gets his title shot, but you and I have said that about almost every pay-per-view for about the last year. Um, and other- the exciting thing about All Out is they announced that it's in Chicago, and then they yeah. announced full gear yep, for St. in St. Louis. Louis. So that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, again, 
week by week, we keep saying, hey, we're getting back to life as normal, air quotes that I'm giving those uh, that are listening and not watching us on YouTube. Um, and again, they're, they're going to be in Dallas and other spots in Florida um, in the in month July. of July. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's good. Um, it'll be fun to get out in front of. And I think, the, I think the AEW crowd will travel. So I think there's some diehards that will be at all these shows no matter what. That being said, I think it's good that they're going to be getting out in front of new faces and also people who are hungry for uh, pro wrestling and entertainment live and in person. Yeah, I think the the same kind of energy you had from the live crowd getting their first chance to go to a big live show in Jacksonville. um, Both AEW and WWE are going to be able to ride that wave for a little bit of, of it's the first show in Cleveland. It's the first show in Detroit. It's the first show in Omaha. Maybe sometime somebody will come. I don't know. Um, but you're going to have that same kind of feeling for each of those cities as you go, St. Louis and Chicago and, and everywhere else in between Vegas come SummerSlam, which we think will be announced this weekend. We'll see for sure. Uh, tomorrow, apparently they're going to announce SummerSlam. Well, and anyway, so that's where I'll jump in before you get to the main event. Only yep. to say AEW running holiday weekends is what is making it hard for me to, to, to watch. I want to watch so bad, but the way that my life and my family structure is on the eve of a holiday to, to take that time away from family commitments and other plans, this doesn't work right now. So that doesn't mean I won't watch all out, but it is going to be Labor Day weekend. And I believe it's announced for a Sunday again. Yep. Um, and it just becomes hard. Um, especially because I think my kids will be back in school by that point. But normally a lot of, a lot of schools return right after Labor Day. So that's another, that's another factor. I'm, you're you're going to eventually see me show up on this podcast with an AEW shirt. Cause like I've said over the last few weeks, they're my number one right now. Like I'm on, I, I want to go steady with AEW. But they're making it hard. <laughs> they're teasing. They're being teases. Uh. And and on the flip side, I understand why AEW does it too, because then people who want to travel for that weekend can travel, come to the show, and then you know potentially go home on Monday and not have to miss any more work. They're probably already off work on Monday, um, so I, I get it from that respect um, on their side. So it's it's definitely a double edge. I, I hear you. So the main event uh, is Stadium Stampede number two, Inner Circle and Pinnacle, and Inner Circle ends up winning. Uh, It's mostly taped a couple of days ahead of time. um, And then they kind of come to a live shot. Um, Although I thought they did a very nice job. Um, Jericho's arm brace had come undone in some of the pre-taped stuff. And when he, when you don't, you couldn't tell when it switched over to live really. And Jericho's arm brace was still in the same undone. Um, So I thought that was, once I learned that, yes, it was for sure pre-taped. much of it was um, that was a nice continuity point to make sure that something that had been at least by me noticed wasn't you know messed up um, when they came back live. Uh, I so I really thought this was going to be a more serious stadium stampede, and it was at some level, but it also had lots of uh, what I would call BTE um, AEW haha um, that they just can't help themselves but do sometimes. Uh, Now, I will admit, I thought it was pretty darn funny when Jericho and MJF ended up in Urban Meyer's office and Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong were both in the office handing footballs to Jericho that he just kept pelting at MJF. That was kind of funny. I didn't 
it was one of those things I didn't see coming. Um, if you would have told me Urban Meyer is going to be on the AEW pay-per-view, I would have been like, okay. Um, so that was pretty funny. Um, and Jericho looking at them then saying, good luck this season as he walks out of the office. Like, All right. I chuckled at that. That was pretty good. Um, you know, Conan being in the, uh, the club that was randomly open. Um, there's nothing happening in the stadium, but the club at the stadium is randomly open. That was a little bit weird. Uh, but Conan made sense because there's history with Conan and Santana and Ortiz in LAX. Um, so I actually, even though they didn't necessarily play up the history, I was like, okay, that's a nice little nod um, to the past. Look, I picked the pinnacle. I said that I wasn't going to be surprised if I was wrong on that, and and I wasn't surprised that I was wrong. And in fact, after the first two missing the first two matches that we were wrong on, I knew how my night was going. Um, <laughs> so before this match started, I went out inner circles winning. That's just how this is going. Um, Cue that audio one more time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I, I get it. I, I think it's absolutely what you predicted last week. Uh, Pinnacle has a big win. Inner Circle has a big win. And now it all out. Um, I think my comment to you earlier in the week was we get a flaming Tower of Death match or something. I don't know. Where where do you go after a blood and guts and a stadium stampede? Like, I, I don't know what that finish is. My Here's my fear. It's going to be a Chicago street fight. Which is fine. But that doesn't feel like the culmination after blood and guts and stadium stampede. Um I mean, we can go back to WWE uh, December and January yeah. with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. You know, they went TLC, Steel Cage, Last Man Standing. Uh, what? That's not the order. I mean, and, and again, we don't have to, I guess, I can see both sides of the coin. This era of professional wrestling, this pandemic era, if you want to name it that, maybe the old school rules, the, 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 I, I hate to call them tropes, the tropes of pro wrestling, you know, don't exist anymore and and it, maybe it's a safe spot to try something new that being said your point is well taken that you have to like give people a reason to really care and sink their teeth into it and if you're going like big like brutal match up front and then last brutal match to end the feud right what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i it'll be interesting to see where they go with this um the work was fine. I, you know, I mean, like I said, got a little gaga for me at, at points. I did think it was a nice little uh, callback, I guess, for lack of a better word. Guevara was the one who took the pin after taking the one winged angel, one winged angel through the crash map um, in the stadium last year um, from Kenny Omega. And for, so for Guevara to get the pin, uh, I thought was telling in some ways, it was a little bit interesting that really the main what you saw in ring, you know, they eventually worked their way to the ring was mostly Guevara and Spears and not Jericho and MJF. Um, so I thought that was intriguing, at least. Um, and I think giving Guevara the pin uh, definitely shows that, as we've suspected all along, uh, they've got high hopes for Sammy Guevara um, in AEW. And, and so to give him the pin in this big match on pay per view, um, you know, Spears is absolutely the right one to take the fall. I think he's the one that you protect the least out of the pinnacle, probably. Um, so he's the the right one to take the fall. Although Guevara pinning MJF or something would have been huge, too. Um, Guevara looked good in this match. I would say he and 
and Santana and Ortiz were the standouts for me in this, in this, um, but nothing was bad and it wasn't as hokey. You know, you didn't have, uh, you know, Matt Hardy getting drowned and every time he comes up, he's in a new costume or every time he comes out of the ice machine, he's in a new costume or whatever. Um, that just doesn't work for me. We've talked about that before. Um, it, it, it was good. I don't know if it was what I expected though. I, I wanted more of a war again because they had the war at blood and guts. And now you go to a little bit more of a hokier war. Like it again, to what you were just saying, just storytelling wise was a little strange placement. Um, that being said, it needed to be the main event because I, you can't do something like that and then try to follow it with a serious title match or something like that. Um, so it was in the right spot on the card too. Uh, but all in all, um, even for all the critiques I've given, uh, I really enjoyed the the show. I wish AEW would cut their timing down just a little bit. It's starting to get a little long on those pay-per-views. Um, now, granted, I think they do have the, you're paying 50 bucks. We want to make sure we're giving you, you know, your money's worth, um, which I appreciate. Where did this come in at? What, how, what was the length? Uh, it was counting the buy-in. Um, Five, almost five. Wow. Okay. Uh, it yeah. was about four hour pay-per-view. Um, and then you have the buy-in as well. And when you're putting a, a good match on the buy-in and they usually do put a pretty decent match on the buy-in, um, you know, WWE a lot of times on their kickoff has kind of meh matches on their kickoff. And, and I understand that um, they usually have put something halfway decent on the buy-in. Um, yeah. I think it was, if I would have to look, but I think it was pretty close to five hours total. Um it just gets a little, little much. Um, but all in all, a good show. You know, if people have the ability to go back and watch it and want to, I, you're not going to, you're not going to be upset about the money you spent. Um, as long as you're okay with spending $50 on a wrestling show at this point And in this market, um, anything else on double or nothing, Tom, we've, uh, spent almost an hour on double or nothing here. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate your perspective. Uh, it's, it's an it's a running joke without being a joke that when AEW pay-per-views come around, um, you're the correspondent and I'm just the uh, I'm just the play-by-play uh, or the color. Uh, you're the play-by-play on the color. Let's hope that that doesn't always remain the same. But I'm thankful for you and I'm glad that you were able to watch it. I envy you, my dear friend, but you also envy me for my picks. So we're we're it's well, equal. Thank you. That is very true. I do I do envy your picks and uh, I think uh, for the last two shows. Uh, you just pick first every match, and I'll figure out what I'm doing from there. Uh, well, and that's the thing. So yeah, two. I, I don't. I feel like we didn't recap the overall head-to-head score. So just to do that's that. That's true. For, I just wind about being losing. <laughs> uh, Sixty-eight and twenty for me. Sixty-three and twenty-five for you. Next up is a week from now. We'll be previewing and doing picks for uh, NXT in your house. Stand and deliver the third. That's an inside joke. It's just in your house. Um, and that has five matches, maybe six, uh, depending on how things shake out with that show. Much like last year at TLC, Hell in a Cell for you and I may be moot in terms of picks. We'll still pick it, but it may be moot. Right, right. Because if you're still leading by five matches, let's say, or God forbid more, um, 
you know, the odds of us being that different on our picks in Hell in a Cell are, are not very high. So you may want to start thinking about what figure uh, you would like me to purchase for you, which is a wonderful segue into a quick conversation we wanted to have. Uh, AEW on Saturday of last week at their Fan Fest, which by all me- by all reports uh, went really, really well. Um, and, and there were a lot of autograph opportunities and things like that. Some paid, some free, which is great, much like WWE Access. Um, revealed a ton of new action figures. Uh, I'm just going to run down these these sets, Tom. Uh, they had already revealed up through AEW Unrivaled Series 6, uh, which is yet to come out, which is uh, Jericho, Hager, um, Sheeta, and uh, Penta and Phoenix, and somebody else that I'm forgetting right now. Hangman Page, maybe? Um, I think Hangman. But uh, they announced Unrivaled Series 7 and Series 8. And they also announced their first lineups for the first three series of AEW Unmatched, which Unmatched is going to be the exact same scale, exact same everything, a little bit different packaging in that it says Unmatched instead of Unrivaled. That's about the only difference in packaging. Um, They're doing some different things. Their goal is because they'll have Unrivaled and Unmatched. Now they're on two pegs or four pegs if they were on two before um, because they have two lines. So it gets them more space at retail. They can also hopefully get more characters out, more wrestlers out um, more quickly this fall as that happens. Um, The the thing they said back when they announced Unmatched would be coming was they hope to have a new wave hitting stores about every month when this happens. So we'll see if that holds true. It'll be interesting. Uh, But Unrivaled Series 7 and 8. Series 7 is the debut figures uh, in AEW anyways for Lance Archer. Nyla Rose, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. And then we have our third set of Young Bucks in seven series of figures. A little too much Young Bucks, but I get it. We've talked about the whole He-Man rule, about why you have to have the big guys. Um, what they need to do is make more people big so that they can double up on figures of other people and not have the same about six people um, that they keep rotating through. Um, With the way the Bucks have been giving or their kind of new character and how and their gear when those figures come around, that'll be fun. Cause like right. what we've gotten so far, the first two sets, and I'm sure with this third one, it's the kind of the more traditional, like looking young bucks. Well, they've definitely kind of done a complete pivot from what that kind of structure and format is. And the way they're coming out now with their gear and, and how they're, how they're and, and Grizzly Adams, Nick Jackson with his beard. Um, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a look, um, you know, that's coming in a figure somewhere down the road. No, I agree. And the Bucks switch up their gear almost every week, it seems like. Um, so there's lots of options for them with the Bucks, too. Um, and, and I will say again, that's good for as people come into the line. Oh, there's Young Bucks. Cool. I want those. Um, for those of us who have been paying attention to the line throughout, look, I have the Series 1 Young Bucks. At some point, there may be a gear where I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want another set of Young Bucks, but I'm good. Um, I, I don't need a million Young Bucks, but... You know, I get it. It's why WB has a ton of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Finn Balor's and, you know, those guys who sell. Um, Braun Strowman was in their top picks. Oops. Um, well, anyways, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I got to say, for me, without seeing them yet, um, they showed, you know, a prototypes, you know, computerized prototypes. Uh, Archer is somebody I've been waiting for. So Archer, I probably will snag. Um, and I might grab FTR because I never did get their NXT figures. Um Neither Rose, we've talked about. I just I don't tend to grab the female wrestlers. Um, I think you know it'll be interesting to see her. It'll be interesting to see her size figure, the figure of her 
the size of her figure, excuse me, versus like Riho's. Um, and how are they able to do scaling? Because obviously she's much larger um, than say a Riho or, or somebody like that. So I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, Bucks, I've already said, I'm, I'm not getting the Bucks. Any of those uh, stick out to you though, Tom, that you're like, ooh. FTR, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Unrivaled ser Series 8 is Trent and Chuck Taylor of The Best Friends, along with um, another Orange Cassidy, a sec second Orange Cassidy, um, and the second uh, second or third now, I think, Moxley and Jericho, and Chris Statlander. Um, so kind of a Best Friends heavy uh, wave there, along with uh, Jericho and Mox. Um, I don't know that I'll grab any of those, to be perfectly honest. Um, I have the original Orange Cassidy, so I'm not. I'm I'm going to be curious, really, when the the final um, picture comes out of them. Uh, what what do they do different with Orange? Because he hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, so what do we do different there? Um, best friends are best friends to me. I mean, they're okay. Um, Statlander would actually be the one that I would be most interested in seeing um, because I think she's got a really cool look. Um, Jericho and Mox. Yeah, I have Jericho. I have Mox. I'm good. Uh, any of those jump at you, Tom? Yeah, no, they, they don't. Uh, the unmatched, the unmatched series is where I was getting yep. the most traction, which again, if you want to launch, a, I don't want to say a new brand, but kind of a new, a, a new line. And I know you'll, you'll tell us about who's in those. Yeah. Yeah. The unmatched series one is finally, um, as someone posted on Twitter, our national nightmare is over. Britt Baker gets her first figure and apparently we'll have a chase. She'll be one of the chases as well. I've seen two slightly different designs, not huge changes, but slightly different. Um, so Britt Baker gets her first figures. Uh, Miro gets his first AEW figure. I've seen that. Um, the prototype in box, it's it's okay. Um, I won't say it's awesome, but it's not bad. Darby Allen gets another figure. Dustin Rhodes, another one as well. Omega, another one. And then the thing that maybe excited me the most, Tom, about all of these figure reveals, they're doing an ode to LJNs. Uh, much like the classic superstars that Jeremy Padauer worked on before, um, had their Odell JNs, and I have the Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Someday I'd like to go back and get the other ones from that series. Um, Cody Rhodes is the first, because, hey, I was hoping we'd get a Cody Rhodes figure in the reveals. Um, but you know what? If you're going to give me a Cody Rhodes in the reveals, is a pretty darn cool way to give me a Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody's had about 9,000 figures in six lines already. But now you're doing something different with Cody, which I think is smart, because we don't need another unrivaled Cody. We got them all. Um, this is, this is pretty cool. Again, I, I think I'm right in saying Tom for you as well, but for me, LJNs were my introduction to wrestling figures. My first figures, I had a bunch of LJNs. I had Bundy, I had Hogan, I had Junkyard Dog. I had them all, not them all, but I had a bunch of them. Um, I wish I still had them. The only one I have now is Ricky Steamboat. Bought him a couple years ago. He's in a nice little case sitting on a shelf. Um, I love the LJN line. There's, there, it hits me in all the nostalgia places. Like just hits checks all the boxes. So I, I tweeted, um, replied to I think fully posable maybe, um, and said Ringside Collectibles is so gonna gouge the price on this thing, and I'm so gonna pay it um, <laughs> because I don't know if this is gonna be a chase situation you know, where it's one of the one of 3000 or 5,000, or if it's just going to be in the line. So until that comes out and probably for this first one, I'm going to pre-order it anyways. And if I start seeing it in the store a lot, then maybe I won't worry about it as much as other ones come out. Um, 
and I'll just try to catch those in the store. But yeah, I'm ordering me a Cody. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is the most exciting part of this line. Uh, I do like that they're adding, adding uh, talent characters, however you want to call it, wrestlers to, the, to, the, to this as well and giving you people that are, that are new, like you know, first-time first time figures for AW. And then, yeah, that, that LJN style, um, it's cool. Yeah, so for the classic superstars line, uh, I, I feel like I still have some that are in the package somewhere. So um, when I have the chance, I'll look and maybe I'll shoot a couple your way to add to your Taker and Michaels. Um, that then they might have been auctioned off or sold off a long time ago too. I don't remember offhand. Um, that being said, that's also a problem uh, where I have a, a lot of figures just in boxes in storage. And my wife goes, "You're still holding on to these?" And I go, "Why wouldn't I?" Um, no, so as and as I buy more figures and as I win more figures because of great competitions like head to head. Yes, I, I am uh, definitely paying for two of our collections right now. Um, the way head to head is gone. Uh, uh, Unmatched Series 2, Ty Conti gets her first figure, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, MJF uh, in a robe in, in one of the robes that he wore on one of the pay-per-views, which is a cool new look. Um, for him, uh, Wardlow gets his debut. Santana and Ortiz get another finger, and then they're starting their Luminaries collection, um, which is their Legends, I guess, for lack of a better word. And Sting is their first one there. Um, kudos to them for getting a Sting out that quick. Basically, um, it'll be close to a year, I guess, by that's because it's supposed to be in the fall and it's in Wave Two, um, so it'll be pretty close to a year from when they brought Sting in, um, which is about the lead time usually on, on action figures from everything I keep hearing from folks that know far more than I do about how action figures get developed and made. Um, I think it's cool that Conti's getting a figure. Um, Wardlow and, and Santana Ortiz, I don't know that I'll grab any out of that um, necessarily, although that MJF looked pretty cool. I do have his original figure, but that might be one I'd look at. Um, and I like Wardlow. I don't know if I buy his figure or not. Might be one that, um, you know, if I'm standing in Walmart and, and it's sitting there on the peg and I pick it up and I like how it looks, then I might just get it. But Yeah, Ty Conti was the biggest surprise out of this line. Uh, I think maybe actually in all the lines for me. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I have no problem with it. I think that uh, she's the perfect example of a talent that was not utilized to their fullest potential before they got to AEW and they have now been able to grow significantly and the ceiling is still high. So, um, you know, again, not that I'm going to go out and grab female figures, Statlander or Baker might be one or two of them that I would consider. Um, this is still a good spot. And again, for those, I know that there are AEW diehard collectors. You talked earlier about, you know, going from being on one peg to two pegs or two pegs to four pegs. I just want to be able to find them on pegs. Here where I live, I'm not, and and now, and there are actually pegs at at my local targets uh, as well. And I've never seen, I've never seen an AEW figure on those pegs. They're literally just sitting there waiting and either they've come in and they're gone like that or they just are not coming in. And, and I don't, and I, and I couldn't tell you which, which, which side of that coin is more true. My, my target uh, finally did get them in. The only ones I've seen there though, are it's one of the Jacksons from season uh, season uh, wave three and uh, Rio, which uh, yeah, Jack and Jill anyways. Um, and then the last uh, series that was revealed was unmatched series three and 
This one hits all the fields for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, it's a Dark Order themed wave with one exception. Um, it's uh, Mr. Brody Lee. It is Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, John Silver, Anna Jay. And then the second LJN style is Darby Allen. Uh, so not Dark Order related there. I got to tell you, <laughs> there's an outside chance I will buy every figure in Wave 3. <laughs> um, Anna Jay, obviously, we've talked about, but but I really like Anna Jay a lot. So that would be, that's going to be tempting at least. Um, Brody Lee, I, I'm probably going to pre-order Brody Lee because I'm afraid I won't find him in the store and I want that figure. Um, so that one I probably will pay ringside's upcharge on because they're going to gouge it to 28 bucks, I'm sure, before shipping. Um, and I'll just order something else so that I get free shipping or something. I don't know. Um, Stu, Stu Grayson and Evil Unos, the, the former Super Smash Brothers, who I liked when they were the Super Smash Brothers, I've enjoyed them in AEW. And I know they haven't quite ever taken off the way that I think maybe they hoped they would. I've loved them. Johnny Hungy, I just think is, I, I enjoy John Silver um, in the character that he's got as well. So, um, and yeah, I'm ordering Darby Allen's LJN because that will be, that will be a section of the line that I try to be a completist on. I will try to have everyone in their LJN style um, figure. So um, that that's probably the first line since series one of this, where I wanted them all just because it was series one, not because I, necessarily wanted every character although i kind of did want the aew figures of each of those um i yeah i might end up trying to buy every single one in that series tom i share your excitement for that series as well um the only the only thing i will um make a comment about a uh, critique of, of what they revealed is my my one of my sweet spots would be an eddie kingston figure so the fact that that was not part of this it doesn't mean it's not going to happen uh but when you have the Miro and you have Sting, I feel like you could, after have, Kingston. Yeah, you could have easily had Kingston. Uh, so I think right now, without looking through their whole roster in front of me, I think the two glaring glaring isn't even the right word, but the two like, okay, those need to be in the next lines are are absolutely Eddie Kingston and Brian Cage. I think are the two that um I, I think really are needed. Um, and I'm probably missing somebody else that I'm, I'm forgetting, but, um, you know, I mean, the acclaimed are going to be cool figures when they come out and, and there's a lot of, of others, uh, Marco stunt, you figure needs to come out at some point to kind of complete Jurassic express, but, um, the two kind of like, okay, we need those soon. Um, and Christopher Daniels would be the other one. Um, but maybe he comes in the luminaries, you know, maybe there's some, I'd love a, and I know TNA, I think did one. I'd love a, a classic Christopher Daniels with that black and red robe, the fallen angel style. Um, I know he never did that in AEW or hasn't yet. Maybe there's something coming there. Um, but I'd, I'd love that style of a Chris Daniels, to be honest. Um, but those are, those are kind of the three, I guess, that jumped to mind. But I agree with you. Kingston, I think they can do a bang up job on him with some accessories and a t-shirt. And, you know, um, yeah, it'd be good to see a Kingston figure soon. The other piece, and I don't know if you're going to mention this, but they are coming out with, I don't know what they're naming them, but yeah. wrestling, wrestling buddies. So yes. that's, that's pretty cool. That is. And, and actually those are listed here as well. Uh, the first, I thought they were listed here. They, they are Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Darby Allen, and Luchasaurus are the first 
figures there. So I think that's an interesting lineup. Um, Omega and Cody obviously kind of are in everything. Um, and so that makes some sense. Darby is over as Rover. I think it's interesting that Luchasaurus is the fourth one in that. It's not Young Bucks wrestling buddies that we're getting. Um, it's not Sting. It's Luchasaurus. Um, so I think they also realize, like, and I don't know, their merch numbers might tell them this. I just think you can sell a lot of Luchasaurus merchandise because he looks really cool. Um, it's why his figure out of Series 5 is the one that I am absolutely on the hunt for. Um, Jungle Boy, yeah, I, I'd like to probably get my hands on Jungle Boy's figure, but Luchasaurus is the one I want. I want to get Luchasaurus. Now, I'm not going to order the Wrestling Buddies. That's not happening. Uh, my wife looks at me silly enough because I order wrestling figures. If I start ordering plush pillow buddies, uh, they're, the throw, they're the throw pillows for your couch in your man cave. Right. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, I might get really funny looks. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to order the wrestling buddies. But I, but I think they're really cool. And I think, um, you know, the figures, I think, are aimed more at collectors than necessarily kids. Um, and maybe they'll eventually come out with a more basic line um, like Mattel has for kids. But I think this is a great way to to sell merch to the kids. Um, maybe the, the parents don't want to pay 20 bucks for every figure for the kids, but they can get them a wrestling buddy, which might be 20 or 25 bucks, but it's something more geared towards them. So I think smart on them on the merch. Um, they've done really well on that. Uh, maybe the last thing we'll cover today and we'll, we'll take our, our one other topic and kick it to next week if you want, Tom. Um, but the last thing I, I would want to cover is the WWE releases uh, six releases earlier in the week. Um, bigger names maybe this time around than back in April. Um, and I don't mean to downplay anybody who was um, released back in April. And by the way, Steve Cutler uh, was announced last night uh, through a vignette under the name Macklin, which is his actual last name um, to be debuting for impact soon. So good for Steve Cutler. And I'm interested to see uh, much like a Ty Conti, you know, is there more to him that we never got to see because he just never really had a, a chance given behind him uh, in WWE. So interested to see there what happens in impact with him. But uh, the WWE releases this week, uh, there were three women and three men. Santana Garrett, who was scheduled to be called up to WWE SmackDown, uh, got released. So right hand, left hand. Apparently we're not talking to each other very well. Ruby Riot, uh, who's part of a tag team. Okay. And uh, Lana, also part of a tag team. But I feel like in Lana's case... This has been coming. They've been embarrassing that poor woman and putting her through tables 900 times and everything since they let Rusev go. Um, I, yeah. Anyways, Lana, the other one. And then the guys, um, I'm drawing a blank on one of them, but the two big names, and I'm forgetting one other, I think, because I think there were six, um, are Aleister Black and Braun Strowman. And um, Buddy Murphy. Gonna, and Buddy Murphy. Wow, wow. How am I forgetting Buddy Murphy? Um, well, much like the WWE did. You just right, which is sad because I happen to be a big Birdie, Buddy Murphy fan, so I'm a little bit stunned that I forgot that. Um, wow, on those names, uh, well, and it's and it's wow on those names because and you said right hand and left hand, not knowing what the other is doing. Alistair Black has just come back and has been building post WrestleMania very slowly, I might add, but nonetheless, still consistently as like a dark father character. And right. with a contact in his eye because he was damaged by Seth Rollins last summer. And then it takes out Big E two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. And then he's gone. What? Oh, okay. They, had a new, they, they commissioned a new theme music to be made for him. They had a new theme ready to go for him. 
What are you doing? Buddy Murphy was the, the disciples secondhand man and then was involved in the thing with um, the Mysterios, which just kind of fell off the face of the earth and they stopped doing. Um, Buddy Murphy is one of the more talented guys in ring. Um, and I didn't think he was bad in the character stuff either. You know, again, top of the card, I don't know. In ring wise, absolutely. Can that guy go? Absolutely. I can't wait to see where he lands. Uh, if there's a best of the super juniors, hmm, maybe I could see that. Um, he's actually a little big, I think, for that. Um, but maybe he's not as big as I think he is either. He was cruiserweight champ, so he, he must be around that 205 limit. At one point, he was anyways. Um, and Braun Strowman, look, you and I are not Braun Strowman fans. Um, but the fact that WWE couldn't figure something out to do with this guy, um, because he is fairly athletic, he is big, make him an attraction, make him the, the oh my goodness, somebody needed a tag team partner and it's this big dude who just smashes people. Um, don't have him on every week. I, I heard somebody uh, the other day say he was really good on promos. Uh, okay, I'm glad that somebody felt that way. Um, cause I wasn't that person. Um, now I've heard though, that he was making a million bucks a year and there is certainly a chance that they could re-sign Braun Strowman or any of these guys. Um, but it was a budget cut kind of thing. Uh, do I think Braun Strowman was worth a million bucks a year? Yeah, probably not. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where does Braun Strowman end up? I, if I'm AEW, I don't, I, who are you going to put him in there with? Luchasaurus, that's about the only big guy you got. Um, you, you're Brian Cage. You've got a few big guys, I guess, but I, yeah. I, so I guess I'm curious, Tom, where do you, if you just crystal balled it, where, where, where did you see any of these folks landing, assuming they want to continue in the wrestling business? Sure. So uh, first and foremost, on the, the women's side, nothing against Santana Garrett. She's been around a long time. You know, I really could see her kind of being in like a Serena Deeb type role, but Serena Deeb's already got that locked down really well. So unfortunately, I think Stantana Garrett finds herself really with nowhere to go, but maybe the NWA or maybe Impact. Lana, because she's married to Rusev, Miro, I, I don't want her to be in AEW. She's probably made plenty of money. She can go model. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of it. Just you know, put a put a put a pin in your pro wrestling career unless it's really a passion of hers, which I don't know that it is or isn't, uh, and and do something else with your. She's with, gotten better in the ring, I will say. Uh, again, no 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 bones about that. Not my cup of tea. Uh, Ruby Ruby Riot, Heidi Loveless, um, fantastic. She, wherever she lands, whoever ends up getting her, is going to get someone who is grossly underutilized in her WWE tenure across NXT and the main roster shows. And that's, I mean, golly, you name it. Like again, with a, with a ring of honor women's tournament right around the corner, not knowing how contracts or no competes or whatever are going to shake out. Um, that would be a great spot. I mean, we talked about how deep the AW women's division is as well. Uh, adding one more piece to that wouldn't hurt. Um, so I'm excited there on the men's side. I, again, I don't care if I ever see Braun Strowman again and God bless the man for making a million dollars a year. Uh, hopefully he brought that type of revenue back to, to, to WWE. Cause I feel like that's a gross overpayment for, for what he was doing. Again, I think he, he's peaked a long time ago and that's probably why I, I'm so like, I have a lamented attitude about him. Uh, 
Alistair Black, Tommy End, uh, and Buddy Murphy are guys I definitely want to see land somewhere. Uh, again, Chris Hero shirt, we called it out earlier. Heroes eventually die. Tag team of Tommy End and Chris Hero. Man, I know Chris Hero hasn't resurfaced in the pro wrestling world yet. I expect that will happen soon. Wouldn't it be fantastic if it was as part of a tag team with Tommy End? For my taste, I'd love that. Uh, I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on these guys and where and where and how you see them falling out. The one thing I will say just before I give that to you, and I hope I don't steal any thunder from you, um, with the state of California getting back to kind of business and things opening up, there's been a lot of rumblings of, you know, hey, PWG could really, you know, come out swinging with a Battle of Los Angeles 2021, August, September, October, or into fall, depending on how the pandemic continues to to shrink, if you will. The number of guys, you know, you I think you went from, uh, you know, a few months ago feeling like, you know, the indie, the indie high-level talent, you know, maybe kind of able to be counted on one hand or two of guys, guys that you really like, you know, are established well. And, 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 you know, there's room to grow for other guys. Well, now you've got an influx of guys that were released earlier, this group, and, and, and you could have a battle of Los Angeles with Brian Danielson, Tommy End, Chris Hero, uh, a couple other guys here or there. My, my, my top quality matches. Well, and even if you, um, add in, you know, other other folks like uh, Lee Moriarty, who's gotten a lot of press lately and just signed, uh, well, I don't know if he signed, but was announced for the, the MLW uh, restart. Davey Richards is back in MLW. He could be in Ebola. Um, actually, there's been so much chatter about that online that I had to go to PWG's account, which I follow, so I would have seen it, I would have thought, because I thought maybe they had announced something and I had just missed that they had actually announced it, uh, which they haven't yet. Um, so yeah, let me, um, Santana Garrett, NWA is absolutely where I thought of for her, uh, maybe impact, you know, I don't think these three ladies, um, probably will be able to work the ring of honor, uh, tournament, because if you go 90 days from now, um, you're looking into September. Um, and I, they've been saying this summer is the tournament and they've been obviously handing out the tickets to gold. Willow Nightingale got one this week. Um, I gotta say, we're not talking a lot of ring of honor this week looking at the women that they have already announced or signed, quote unquote, given a ticket to gold for the tournament. They're rebuilding that women's division in a very interesting way um, with names that I think are going to make it a lot better than what maybe it once was when it was women of honor. Um, so interesting to see. I do think Santana Garrett or and or Heidi Lovelace Ruby Riot would be really strong additions to that tournament. I just don't know timing wise if they're going to be able to do that. Um, Lana, I, I expect, will end up in AEW at some point um, alongside Miro. Uh, and if she's back to just being the valet and not doing a lot of wrestling, okay. Um, I do think she got better in the ring, but I think when you're talking the Sheetas, the Britt Bakers, you know, some of the really, the Ty Contis, frankly, um, the really high-level wrestlers that they now have in that division, I'm not sure she's there. Um, and, and Heidi Lovelace, she would be a great addition to AEW's women division. Um, I could see her in impact as well. Um, she can she can land wherever she wants because she's that good. And I agree with you. Ho horribly underused, underutilized. Um, yeah, Strowman, uh, to me, if Strowman ends up anywhere, 
I, it would be impact would be my guess. Um, and I think he probably does land somewhere. Um, somebody will pay him because he's a big enough name um, that if they can do something now, impact actually has done an interesting job with some of these former WWE guys. I mean, they've made big cast look like a monster lately um, from what I've read and the little clips I've seen here and there. Um, they've done some really interesting things. Uh, like him, hate him, whatever. Tommy dreamer is, he sees things in people and is able to put them in positions that can work for them. in a lot of times. So I don't know, be interesting to see. Um, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy to me are the two that there have to be just people falling over themselves, trying to figure out how to sign them or get them. Um, I think Alistair Black, I hope he works um, or Tommy end um, as he, I'm sure will go back to being called. I hope he works some new Japan dates, to be honest, once, once you can travel, um, freely between the two, uh, Tommy end in the, in the G one later in the year, whoo, that dude, sign me up. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Salivating <laughs> over the thought of some of those matchups. Right. And I, and I made the comment, um, somewhere it might've been just to you or, or someone, um, I think maybe on the board that we're a part of, um, or, and, or, uh, heroes eventually die in the world tag league, uh, you know, and lead into Chris Hero. let him win it. And Chris Hero and Tommy end versus, Saber and Tai Chi or the Gorillas or whoever happened to be the IWGP tag champs at Wrestle Kingdom um, could be really fun as well. And I do, I, I would be a little bit stunned if AEW doesn't try to pick him up um, for sure. And Buddy Murphy probably too. Um, I, I think both of those guys are going to be sought after um, pretty, pretty strongly. And I, I think Tommy End will be sought after. I personally think Tommy End is a world champion. Um, in any company that has any clue what they're doing. I think he's that good character and in ring. So I, he could very well have the Drew McIntyre run where he goes and just proves everything right. Um, that people think about him and then maybe decides to go back, but maybe also decides he doesn't want to go back. Cause now there's some other options that Drew McIntyre didn't once have. Um, you know, I mean, Eventually, once Drew proved himself, was he going to stay and evolve and impact, or was he going to go back to WWE? Okay, well, that's not much of a choice. AEW gives you options now. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, at least the, what you read sounds like people in AEW are pretty happy with what, what they're able to do. So, uh, you know, honestly, and up to and including Braun, all the best to these six people. It's never fun to lose your job. Um but all six of them, if they want to, there are places they can land on their feet. Um, they all have connections. They all have people they can call. Um, you know, it's going to suck for a day or two. And and I understand that I've been through that. Um, certainly not at the level I was never making a million bucks, but, um, you also know. if you made a million bucks and got and lost your job, if you managed your money, well, you're probably not hurting. Right. You're going to be okay for a little bit. Um, until you figure out wh what you want to do and then where are those connections that, that, that can help you get there. Um, so kudos to them, all the best to them. And we'll see, maybe there are more names coming. There were a lot of rumors around Keith Lee, nothing is beneficial. Um, and, and if they let him go, he'll be at or above the, uh, Alistair Black level of WTF WWE. Um, if, if that comes down the pike, I mean, today, a month from now, six months from now, there's going to be a lot of going, what in the world is happening? Right. And and again, Tony Khan going, thank you. Um, because if they can sign the goodness gracious. Um, 
Anyways, that's another story for another day. Uh, our really tight one-hour show that we thought we had is now gone an hour, hour thirty. Um, so before we go to Broadway, uh, Tom, anything else you want to touch base on this week? No, I hope I can stay awake for Dynamite tonight because I'm going to plan to watch it live again. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, tune in next week for uh, an update on that. Actually, there's better things to come back and hear us talk about. (laughs) All right. If that's the one thing you stayed for next week, well, we're just glad you stuck around. Um, We don't care what it is that hooks you. Uh, As always, thank you all for the support. Uh, If you can subscribe, rate, review, all of those kinds of things, give us some five-star love. We'd sure appreciate it. Um, But thank you. Thank you for hanging with us. Um, Tell your friends. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week here at Two Spot Monkeys Live. See ya.